Hi everyone, this is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley and Alex Yankovich. What's up guys and welcome back to another amazing episode of Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. It is Wednesday, July 7th and we hope that you all had a wonderful and safe 4th of July weekend. Now before we get into our interview, a little bit of housekeeping. First and foremost, make sure we're staying up to date on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Inside Dance Podcast. And while you're there, be sure to follow our sponsors and our partners over at Inside Dance Magazine. Their handle is Inside Dance Mag. Lastly, we would love, love, love to hear from you if you have any thoughts, suggestions, feedback. If there's anyone you maybe think would be a good guest on our podcast, please let us know. Our email is insidedancepodcast at gmail.com. Now, we're going to dive straight into our interview this week because trust me, it is a good one. This week, we are joined by my dear friend, Bill Janice. Bill is the host and creator of Hey Girl with Bill Janice podcast. You can join Bill Janice every week when he sits down with inspirational guests who are tastemakers and experts in their field while celebrating love, life, and the tenacity of the human spirit as they go through their personal journeys in life, which has led them to their current success. Bill Janice has traveled the world as an entertainer, choreographer, producer, as well as being a published writer. Each episode, he will keep you laughing and entertained, and it's a perfect way to start your weekend with new episodes dropping on every Friday. Now, Bill is an incredible human, a dear, dear friend of mine, um, a fellow podcast creator. And so I'm so excited for you guys to hear um, exactly how his journey went and how he got to where he is. Just some fun facts about Hey Girl Podcast. It's been nominated as the best LGBTQ culture podcast for 2020. It's in the top 25% of most downloaded podcasts worldwide, and it's subscribed to in 32 countries worldwide. So stick around. You definitely don't want to miss our amazing interview with my good friend, Bill Janice of Hey Girl with Bill Janice podcast. All right, guys, we are so, so, so excited to welcome today's very amazing, energetic, just overall awesome human of our special guest today. Please join us in welcoming the fabulous, the incredible Bill Janice. Hi, Bill. Hey, girl. What's going on? <laughs> Perfect plug. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, no, we're so excited to have you on um, to dive into your story about dance, about the creation of your fabulous podcast called Hey, Girl with Bill Janice. Um, and just to catch up. So yes. let's start there. How have you been, friend? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Oh, wait, no, I know. I'm so excited. Well, I have to admit, though, I'm a little nervous. I do this every week, but I've never been in the hot seat. Like, I'm, <laughs> now, <laughs> totally like, I'm, like, like I'm Megan and you're Oprah now. Like, all of a sudden. <laughs> exactly. I wish. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would. I've, I've always said that. I was like, if, if the universe, universe would bless me with that much financial abundance, I would be like Oprah. Everybody would get free stuff. <laughs> I would be giving away all the time, all the time. You get it. You get it. You get it. You get it. I don't even like you, but you get it. You know Absolutely. I mean? Yeah. So At the moment, current budget cuts. I'm like, you get a scooter. You get one rollerblade. <laughs> you get something. You, you get, get something. a jazz shoe, a single jazz shoe. <laughs> you get from a Metro 2007 card. that's been used. But <laughs> right. Um, hey, you got it. 
take what you can get, girl. Listen. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's dive right into it because um, there's so much that we want to cover with you. So, so um, let's take it from the top. Um, Bill, if you could, where are you from and um, how did you get into dancing, into performing? Yeah. So, all right. So I grew up right outside of Detroit, Michigan. So total Midwestern boy or girl, you know, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and everything that comes along with that. You know, it's funny. I grew up in a typical, I think a typical upbringing of that, you know, of that time in, in the Midwest was a lot more Republican, conservative type, Christian type household. So, it, you know, I, I have a, a similar story that a lot of people tell of like, you know, kind of feeling left like kind of out of place when you were younger you know growing up in that type of environment and wanting to be a dancer as a boy was kind of not as socially acceptable where I grew up um but you know she did it anyway so anyway (laughs) we love a challenge she love a challenge honey no but so uh but I guess what the point is is that I didn't start dancing until I was a little older in life um when I actually was a teenager um, I, when I, I remember when I was younger and I wanted to dance when I was younger and I was told, no, I was told, no, like the answer was no, no, like that. My sister was allowed mm-hmm. to go take dance class and I had to go play soccer. And I was like, all right, whatever. I also wrestled, which is a whole nother story, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was never, I never won. I let them pin me all the time. And I just loved, I loved the, the spandex singlets that we got to wear for right. our costumes. I mean, uniforms. That's what I knew you were going to say. I was like, was that your intro to leotards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to Lycra. I was From like, tights yes. to tights. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, but no, so I, I started dancing a little later in life, but I was always very blessed with a lot of wonderful opportunities. Um, you know, I, I was, um, I'm always grateful for the people that I met early on that also helped guide me. Um, so what I, how I started going into the more professional route was I started doing a lot of like summer programs in New York and in Chicago because they're like closer big cities, you know, um, which I think is a lot what a lot of us did. And that kind of helped grow your network and also obviously um, provide you with the necessary training in a professional environment, you know, that helped you transition into professional. So I did, I, I was very blessed. I got a couple scholarships. I danced um, with uh, the Joffrey Ballet on scholarship in their summer programs. And then I actually ended up becoming an apprentice with the company in Chicago. Um, but I also did the, I also did the summer programs at Juilliard in New York, which were great. So yeah. So that's kind of how it all started. <laughs> You know, I, I grew up in Southern California, and so mm-hmm. it's very different from the Midwest, like kind of these restrictions, especially for for boys growing up. I mean, that has to be has to be so tough. So like, when was the point where you were like, oh, I'm actually really good at this since you were always told no, that in between there where you're like, okay, no, I'm actually good at this and then getting these scholarships and have it continuing on that training. What was that like? Well, I don't think I was ever really good at it. So, but here, I'm, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for that moment that I remember. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being silly. Um, yeah. No, you know, I think that's a no. That's a really great question, and thank you for that. Um, I, for me, I mean, I can only speak for. I'm not going to try and speak for myself right now because I know everybody has a unique experience. I think, you know, it, it, on its on a good in a good way and in a bad way. I didn't even make that leap until I was a little bit of an older teenager. So I was already a little bit more, I guess, maybe independent than like maybe like some of the younger dancers that actually have to rely on like their parents to take them to dance class and stuff like that. So it really was a decision I made on my own because I it kind of felt empowering. It was something I always wanted to do. And I was I was 16. I had my own car and I, I worked part time at a movie theater and I paid for my own dance lessons. 
Um, and so, I mean, I was like, I'm doing this. I, I, I might have been doing it out of spite at first, but then, <laughs> and then I realized, no, and then, and then I did. I was very blessed. I, there was, there was some natural talent there, which I appreciate, which obviously helped me because I did start kind of late. Um, I was always very musical as a kid and that, you know, those types of things that, you know, are good qualities as a dancer, you know, definitely help. I had natural, I had some amount of natural rhythm, but I had no technique, none. Like I could, I remember I couldn't even like bend down and like touch my toes. Like I couldn't reach. Like, I mean, I had nothing, you know, except for the desire and a prayer. You know what I mean? I, oh, I love that there. though. That's all you need. I love that. Yeah. I think with that, and you'll have to forgive me. I, again, I hope I don't make this a long story, but this is the first time I've talked about this in a really long time. So you're, you're seeing an organic um, walk down memory lane right now. <laughs> is, that, is that I think, you know, yes, also too, whether, whether it's fair or not is a different conversation, but we do know that there are sometimes a little bit more um, training opportunities for men, scholarship opportunities. Mm. That a lot of the ballet companies tend to open up spots more. Um, which I definitely benefited from that. So I was very grateful. I mean, I still, of course, auditioned for everything that I had, but I know that there was a lot more um, scholarship opportunities for men than, uh, or boys than there were for girls. And I definitely was able to take advantage of that. And I just worked my butt off. I mean, I didn't, I, I was still working full time. I, I remember even graduating high school and, and then just saying, I'm, I want to dance. And my whole family thought I was crazy because they're like, well, you've only been dancing a couple of years. I'm like, I know, but it's what I want. You know, I had always been, in maybe like some type of drama or acting type programs prior to that. I always wanted to be on stage. Um, but you dance- be on stage, a dramatic performer. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so with that anyway, so yeah, sorry, I hope I'm not rambling, but yeah, that was when, when all that started to come about and I was older, um, I was kind of the one making the decisions and it was, you know, and maybe I was a little naive too. And maybe that's what helped me be a little fearless. Because I didn't know what was ahead of me. Right. There's nothing to lose. You're just like, why not? And um, I actually even have an exclusive for you. I've never talked about this in public, but I thought of a story and I'm going to tell you guys the story. I I think the statute of limitations has gone on this. So I think I can tell this story. (laughs) (laughs) So going with, you know, some of those summer programs, which for me was really the key coming from with real, no like support from my family or anything like that. No real guidance. There was like, I was, I was trying to figure out how do I become a professional? How do I make money off of this? Right. Um, especially for someone who had not been dancing their whole life. And, um, and for me, the key was, oh, you need to start going to some of these summer programs and, and get the training and be in the environment or whatever. And a lot of those programs, especially the ballet ones, because I was, that's really how I started was with classic, was classically classical ballet. They have an age limit. They, I think it's like 19, you know, um, for, mm. for, for lots of obvious reasons, but also just, you know, if you haven't reached a certain level of, of technique by a certain age, they're, that program's not for you, you know? Right. Um, so even though I was young enough to go, I, I was only, I was on the cusp. I was like, you know, maybe like it would have been my last year been able to go if I went that year, but I wanted to make, give myself an opportunity to go a couple years. So I lied about my age. <laughs> and yes. I, I was like 19, 18 or 19. And I told him I was 16 and I just like forged my birth certificate. I'm sure they could have like researched it if they wanted to, but nobody ever said anything to me. And I, I ended up going a couple say, years in like- a row. <laughs> They'll only say something if, like, they need to. Like, Mila Kunis did the same thing to get on that 70s show. People do it all the time. And if yeah. they really want you, like, they want you. And I was whole- like, hey, girl! And yeah, they were like... take the risk. <laughs> I love it. So to all our young listeners out there, lying is fine. You know, it's do fine. what you need to do, do to it. book the... <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Do it, girl. <laughs> no, it, that's, that's... That's... I love that story. Um, but you bring up a great point that... Um, 
it's something that I've wanted to touch on um, with with Alex, and I think you're a great person to have a discussion with, but it's different opportunities for male dancers, male performers versus female. And I always feel kind of torn, kind of like what you were saying. It's like, it's great because it benefits us. And it's like, there's, there's, you know, a much smaller pool of male performers out there with somewhat, I would say the equal amount of employment opportunities. So Alex, I'm curious from your, from like a female perspective, has that been something that ever like bothered you that ever like frustrated you? Or I also know that you're, you're such a fan of a challenge. And so it's like, Oh, well I'm, I'm going to step up and I'm going to make it happen. So I don't know. What, what do you think there? I feel like it only bothered me in school at, at university of Arizona. If there was an all boy piece, Oh. <laughs> that was the only time where I was like, I want to do that piece, which I don't think there were many of those, but I feel like that was the only time. But for me, I, I feel like women have more opportunity. Like I, I feel like True. a lot of jobs yeah. I, I get submitted for are like only, only female. And I, I, this is actually super interesting because I do run into um, like with male dancers, it's like sometimes they want someone really macho magic Mike. And sometimes they, they want someone who might dance a little bit more feminine. Like the masculinity and femininity is like, so, so kind of all over the place. So right. in that regard, I feel like with women, it's easier. Um, I feel like we have more opportunity, but there's, Interesting. but there's more, there's more girls than there True. are. Well, that's so the thing. That's, yeah. what's the thi- that's the issue. Well, that's why I was, I, I was really specific. I was trying to be specific in what I was saying as far as like training opportunities. Like that mm-hmm. was what I was referencing where I, I noticed there was right. scholarship for boys, but I agree in the professional world. Yeah. There's it's, it's just as cutthroat. There may be, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to both to being either. You know what I mean? Right. Right. In the industry, totally. it gets to a point where you guys know, as well as I do, it gets to a point once you become the season, excuse me, become a seasoned professional and you're going through the audition process, it gets to a point after so many cuts, you're with the same group of people you're always on. Right. True. It gets to a point that's like, if you, if you've put the work in, you're talented, you're, you come with integrity, people know who you are. Those are the deciding factors. Not if you're a boy or a girl, you know, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with you when you say it like that, because yeah, it really just, Depends. Are you a professional? And then right. they make it work with like whoever, whoever they have and whoever they like and how it meshes together. Yeah. And if we're talking about typecasting, that's a whole different conversation. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's yeah. important to remember that there isn't, you know, there is, I don't think you should measure your value what based off your, whether you're being a boy or a girl in the industry. I True. think that there's pros totally. and cons to both. And if you know how to, to uh, work what you got, then you exactly. won't get booked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. My favorite story real quick is um, whenever, kind of cir- circling back to what you're saying, Alex, obviously there's so many like nightlife, go-go jobs, all these different things, which ironically, I'm going to circle back to another story in a second. That was one of the ways I met Bill. However, oh, back amazing. to my first story is you'll get these castings for different things and um, like I'll submit. And like, sometimes I feel silly being like, my name is Taylor. I am a male dancer. But then if I don't, they're like, great, Taylor. Thanks. Bring a heel, a sparkly bra right, top right, and fishnets. Right. And I'm like, I can. And you're like, I don't okay. Think, I'm like, don't tell me. I, don't tell me I won't. Cause I will, but I don't think that's what you yeah. are. But, I but, think most importantly, they just, I like to have a spectrum. I think we need to sure. have like all different types of jobs and be able to like mix everything up and, and yeah, but you're, that's amazing. <laughs> but okay. I'm going to hold that other story for a moment because Bill, I want to get back on track here. So fill us in, um, kind of on your transition then from being a young performer mm-hmm. into maybe some of your favorite jobs to ultimately what, what brought you to Las Vegas? 
Sure. So, so my first, my first professional jobs were in the concert dance world. So I was, you know, totally going down that route of being a concert dancer and proud of it. Um, but as we know, as we all know, uh, that have now done both production, theatrical, film, and concert, you know, uh, that that concert life is a different hustle than than the other. Absolutely. You know, every every every, every um, what's the word? Every category has its own hustle, and it really and they're a little unique to, to each thing. But um, so but I was so that was what I was used to. That was all I had known was just just hardcore grit, blood, sweat, and tears, train all day long in class. Then you have rehearsal. Then you maybe, if you, you're a concert dancer, you don't necessarily perform nightly, um, but you have like a presenting season, as you guys know, you know, uh, with the company. And that was what I was doing and I was loving it. Um, and it just got to it, but it got to a point where, like I think all of us are as, as we grow as artists, that I was just looking for something different, looking for something more. Um, and at the time, I was with the Joffrey Ballet in Chicago, and you can't get any different than doing classical ballet to go do a topless showgirl show in Las Vegas. And I said, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> let's go. Versatility. Honey, Versatility. we're going to yeah, we're gonna diversify that resume. <laughs> so what it was is I had seen, um, so I was living in Chicago um, and doing the whole thing, doing the ballet company. I was an apprentice. And so I was in the chorus a lot. I was never... Uh, I was never the lead in anything that they did there, but they were always lovely to me. I have to say that I've always said that Joffrey Ballet treated me so well and they gave me so many opportunities. And even, um, even like years later, um, when I was just happened to be in Chicago visiting, um, they were lovely and they saw on social media that I was there and they reached out and they're like, Oh, we have, we have a show tonight. If you want to come. I mean, they were lovely. They were lovely, lovely people. So no bad experiences there, but it just got to a point that I knew I was, I'd gone as far as I could go there. And it was time to move on, you know, is all. And which is fine. You know, there's no, it doesn't have to be hard feelings when you end a chapter, you know what I mean? So I saw an audition announcement uh, on the bulletin board at um, uh, one of the studios in Chicago. I think I was at Hubbard Street taking class. And it was for Jubilee. And I, I had never been to Vegas. And I was like, well, I remember there was this show on E. There was a reality show called like Nearly Famous Vegas Showgirls that was popular when I was a kid. And it was about dancers in Jubilee. And it had like two or three seasons, you know? And that was my only exposure to that world up until that moment. And I was like, they were coming to Chicago to audition. And I was like, well, if they're going to be here, I'll audition. Why not? So I did it. And then I got the job. And then <laughs> and that's how I got to Vegas. Because I was like, all right. And I still had never seen the show. Didn't know what I was walking into. This is it, better though. Sometimes yeah. there are sometimes like, like I, the reveal, the reveal. Honestly though, like I had never seen a Cirque show, but like my first time I saw a Cirque show was when I had booked the job and I was watching it that night. Yeah, and yeah. Someti- sometimes it's a, it's like a you bring a freshness when you right. haven't seen it. So mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on that because sometimes like yes, like we can get obsessed with the things and research the jobs, but sometimes it's good to just like. Go and like you might Just fit rip in. the bandaid off. What yeah. am I doing for the next twelve Bring months? That fresh, <laughs> that fresh uh, voice. Well, in that yeah, I love that. That totally. And so what happened was is that so I okay I, I do the audition in Chicago and then I get a call back which was a month later because they were going to finish their tour. They were going to go to New York. They were going to go to all these other places auditioning dancers. And then the call, final callback was in Vegas at the Jubilee Theater, right? And it just happened to be like a month later. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll go. Um, and then what's funny? Oh wait, I'm remembering. Okay, hold on. I have a story. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> so I what I it. do what I do remember is that at that time I was pretty very much a starving artist and i was you know just doing everything i could to make ends meet and from from what i remember the ticket and hotel and everything i didn't know what to eat in vegas but i still had to come and at least spend one night you know to to this callback 
it was just out of my budget. Like, and I was just, I, I just don't have it. And I remember I had a friend, his name's Don. He lives in San Francisco now, but we lived in Chicago together. Um, and he was um, one of my biggest supporters, like one of my biggest fans, you know, and he was just a good friend that I, he used to, we used to bartend together at a club and like a club and boys song called hydrate. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I remember him asking me, you know, when, it, when the date was getting closer to me supposed to go, he's like, Oh, are you excited about your audition? I said, oh, I'm not going. You know, because it's kind of out of my budget, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I had already done the whole thing where I had convinced myself that it wasn't meant to be. It was like a non-issue I, for you at yeah, this point. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Yeah. It, it was not meant to be. I was like, and you know what? And I'd even gotten in my head about what kind of artist I wanted to be at the time, you know, where I was right. like, you know what? That's not the road for you. This is, You're doing great things here with Joel Hall because I started dancing with Joel Hall's company in Chicago. And, you know, I was getting some lead roles there, which was great. You know, I was like, I, can, I talked myself down from the thought of, mm-hmm. of, of this new opportunity and um and he's like no you have to go and we, we kind of were having this conversation i remember it clear as day this is one of these moments i'll never forget and um is you know he, we, i was sitting like at his little like counter in his apartment and he was like cooking dinner or something and he's chopping something you know i just remember and he's like and he's he just stopped dead in his tracks when i said i was like you know it's just it's just not for me it's not the right opportunity and he just stopped and he looked up and i'll never forget and he's like but i think you're wrong and he's like and i think this is a job that's going to change your life and he, and he, and he <laughs> booking and agent he, he bought my ticket in a hotel to come to the to the audition and i went to the mm. audition and i booked it on the spot let's go, let's go. <laughs> and here we are 15 years later <laughs> you imagine if instead the script was like Okay, so what should we do tonight? Like, how different your life would be? Like, right. it's those crazy that. little butterfly effect right. moments. But I paid him back, by the way, just so everybody knows. <laughs> That's a really, really, really good friend. Yeah. Oh my God. He's a good friend. He's still a good friend. Yeah. So uh, that was how I transitioned to Vegas. I mean, you know, and I didn't know it was so funny, too. And again, I'm sorry if the story's too long, you can cut it. But <laughs> like, um, I did the whole thing as well, where I flew here just for that one night for the callback to get the job. And I flew right back because I was fin- I was still doing um, some sh- shows and some work in Chicago. And um, and I remember like there was like a month interim of from the time I got offered the job to what I had to be here for rehearsal. And then that was like the month of just trying to get your life together to like, oh, I'm moving. I'm moving to Vegas. And, you know, the company manager even connected me with somebody else in the show that was renting a room because I didn't know anybody. And I remember I even came, I think I even came late, like maybe two weeks late to rehearsal because I was finishing a contract with Joel Hall. And they like, we, they allowed that, you know, but they, they, I remember having to go right to the, to Bally's, to the hotel from the airport with my suitcases the day I flew here just to get one rehearsal in before I went to the house that I'd never seen that I'd be living in. <laughs> Oh that's like God. that's such a showgirls moment like right. you know. <laughs> oh my gosh that's such such an inspirational story and like again we kind of talk about this a lot but sometimes you just can't plan things you just gotta dive in and see how it works out and if you're good if you're a good person and a friendly person like people will be there yeah. to help you out like power of good relationships and like a good reputation is like key um well i want to ask you so what was your transition like out of performing and what was your relationship with that? Like, how did you make that decision? Did you feel like it was pretty natural? Was it tough for you? I want to know. This is a pretty, yeah, hot topic that we'll bring up uh, occasionally with, with people that have transitioned on to other things, because I feel like there's this like unspoken daunting fear that we live under as, as artists to be like, you can't ever be done. And if you're done, you're never going back. And suddenly we think that we're like, failed in some way. Yeah. Or we think we're like suddenly just reduced to like, uh, 
a fifth grade education. You're like, well, you're not going to be successful. Like, but it's, it's, such it's a, <laughs> a stigma. It's so right. unnecessary and stupid. Because so destigmatize us. Yeah. Uh, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, first of all, okay, hold on. Let me take a drink of my cocktail. Cause this hey, is take. cheers. <laughs> no, no, I love it. No, thank you for this opportunity, honestly, because this is very important and I'm going to try to articulate myself well, because here's the thing. It's all of those things. It, it, I felt all of them. And I mean, for me, it took a long time before I could probably talk about it the way I'm about to talk about it because it was still a healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the type of industry that you go into willingly uh, unless you absolutely love it. Or you even hear somebody, you hear people describe it, which is how I used to feel that it, it chose me. I didn't choose it. Like, I really mm. don't even have an option. Like, and that was even a feeling for a very long time. I was like, I, there is literally nothing else in this world that I could possibly do and still be happy. And so you do it. And that's why you're, aff- you're not afraid to go in to the arena and take the, the figurative hits, you know, because you are fighting for your life. You're fighting for what is going to give you life, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. With that, the sword cuts both ways because when it in- inevitably shifts, and when I say shift, I, I want to say it that way on purpose because nobody's going to perform forever. And yes, there is a rare handful that have performed maybe longer than, than a large amount of other people. And that's great for them, but still not forever. It is not going to be your 100% main, main source of income forever for nobody so it's not being shady that's just true right Mm -hmm. but a lot of times what it is it's like it could look different ways so what i mean when i say shift is that maybe you shift into directing and choreographing maybe maybe you're still in the industry but in a different way maybe it's a complete shift and you go to another another um uh profession so it it, it's gonna shift at one point whatever that looks like for any individual is you know it's up to you but for me, it, it shifted and it shifted at a time I didn't want it to. So that's why it was painful. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to admit it was, you know, it was hard. Um, it got to a point for me where I was starting to out, weigh out like, well, I'm this age now. And I, yes, I'm proud of the things I've done. Um, but it seems like I'm not booking as much as I used to. And I'm having to supplement income in bigger ways over here. And I wasn't really wanting to do that that much anymore. I was kind of tired of bartending and serving and like all those like pick up quick cash jobs that right. we do as performers, you know. Um, and so for me, it was it was a hard decision, but I knew it had gotten to the point that it was it was time. Um, I think for me, what I realized is that, yes, of course, I know I'm going to miss it. But when I really looked at it, I was like, but you're the reality is this is how much you're making right now as a performer. And and this is how much you need to make to live the life you want to live. And they're not matching right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was, I think, the beginning of the acceptance that this isn't, this isn't the journey I'm going to continue going on. And that's a hard thing to, to accept because it feels like a part of you has died. The only right. part of you you ever knew is starting to, to not be there anymore. And it can be like a death. And I, I know some people get a little upset when I make that comparison, but I, I, that is how it felt for me. If, and so with that, the grieving process was all of those things. There was anger, there was frustration, there was acceptance, there was peace, there was healing, you know what I mean? Right, right. So, yeah. so for me, there, there was definitely a, a period of feeling lost. It was almost like an identity crisis um, of like, well, if I'm not this performer, who am I? Because that's all I've ever been. Um, and it's all I ever wanted to be. So does that mean, have I peaked? Is my life over? Like, is, is, right. the, rest, is the rest of my life going to just be me settling for the second best? Or, you know, you have all these mm-hmm. thoughts. And that's a really hard 
headspace to yeah. try to try and navigate through when you're right. when when you're feeling this loss, you know. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to get so deep here, but oh my God, <laughs> no. no, it's great. No, it's great because it's such a a important issue, and like yeah. I said, I feel like it's one of those things that isn't discussed enough, and so like just bringing bringing the discussion to the table and having a visibility because everyone that we have brought this up with says the same thing. It's not in our heads. We we're painting in this, this scene that's black and white. Yes or no, all or nothing. You have to want this or else, you know, you're not going to succeed when in reality, and you're a perfect example of this, all of your skills that you accumulate in the studio, in rehearsal processes on stage, you are your own business. And yeah. so it's using, it's just shifting those same skills, mm-hmm. taking that tool belt and going in a slightly different direction, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of it all is how we as dancers, we as nobody got here on accident, right? Like I didn't like, oops, mm-hmm. sorry, I've been dancing for 15 years. No, you know <laughs> that it's an uphill climb for your entire career. So you kind of are, whenever you do make that shift, you leave with such a tough skin and you Mm -hmm. know how to walk into a room, you know how to nail an interview, you know how to do an elevator pitch, you know, all those things that we've done innately, you know, marketing, you know, social media. Um, Anyways, I'm just rambling at this point to agree with you. (laughs) But you brought up a point that I had never heard, really thought about before. And it's like the, the beginning of it of this is all or nothing and I'm risking everything to be a part of this. Therefore, if I decide to shift my um, direction, which is is so, which is crazy because we, we don't need to have that attachment to it. And it's very normal. You think about like Gwen Verdon and Anne Ranking, they still came in every now and then to perform at the Tonys, but they were not performing like like to the bone in there in those, those years when they were done, like, that doesn't need to be anyone's for all. You want to, you want to be done with it when you feel like you, um, you can still do it. Like you don't want to just be like dying on stage. Right. Well, and, that, and that was my other, that was the other part of me too, is that the, the other thing that I weighed in those factors were, was, was my body and how my body right. was feeling. And I remember even saying that to myself, I, I maybe didn't admit this to other people because in the moment you don't want to show any signs of weakness. Right? right. But in the moment, I remember even thinking, okay, I know I can still twirl, but I'm walking into interview, interview, excuse me, auditions now with 19 year olds that mm-hmm. I'm just, fighting to keep up with right. you know and, and so you start weighing that out too and and here's the thing again there's there's no one size fits all answer here right. um but but for me yes i used to see things through too narrow of a scope i used to have too much attachment to what the outcome sh- i thought should be um and i was blocking myself in retrospect now i can look back and say i was blocking myself from other great opportunities that were right there because it didn't look like in this cookie cutter box of me being a dancer on Broadway or me being a dancer in Vegas or me being, I, I like, I wasn't even trying to be a headliner. I just love dancing. I was like, I, yeah. I'm happy to be in the background dancing. You know what I mean? Right. That, so, yeah. But there was so much more waiting for me. Once I was willing to let that part not die, just be done. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. And, yeah. But we're so dramatic, right? When yeah. I know. We're all so dramatic. Us? So I think for, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Finish your thought. Yeah. I mean, I still, for me, the beginning of it, I'm going to admit was hard. Um, and it took some time and it took time to, to figure out what I wanted to do next. But Taylor brought up an amazing point. Us as, as performers and artists, we're very versatile and we're hardworking and we're also visual people. Here's the thing. You know how many times we learn choreography so quickly by just watching somebody do it? Mm-hmm. You can translate that in 
anything. anything. There are so many things that I've learned by just watching my coworkers do or watching my boss do without them knowing I'm watching. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I know how to, I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then you show you, you put it in your back pocket and you wait to impress them later when they're like, Oh, can somebody do this? You're like, yeah, it's already done. I did it. Uh, what I honestly <laughs> and I know on the left side too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been in situations where it's like a, a quote unquote, like, normal person's job and it's like, <laughs> normal yeah <laughs> and like i could do things really quickly even though i don't i'm not like a math person but at all but yeah we just have like that part of our brain exercised really well which is like yeah. invaluable yeah no totally so that's what happened there and then with me i think um the route i decided to go was more on the marketing route and doing like activations and promotions and i was always very good at like helping a brand figure out what their messaging was Mm. Um, and so with, and then also incorporating some sort of theatrical element to any event they were doing. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of how it started it. And it, I kind of, um, organically developed some relationships with liquor suppliers. And so I started doing a lot of events with liquor, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I had fun doing that, you know? Um, and so that, that was, so for me, that was at least a little bit of a creative outlet. Like I was like, all right, I'm going into the corporate world now, but I'm doing creative things. And that helped kind of feed that. And then, but I think, you know, for me again, in regards to just, the the transitioning out of performing i I just want to be clear it was you know it was it was a tough decision and and it was something i was very resistant on and because i think it's a a, an admirable trait that we're so resilient through struggle but it does come to a point where you have to say okay wait a minute there's too much resistance maybe maybe i'm missing something Maybe, yeah. maybe there's an opportunity that I am completely ignoring mm. because I'm so laser focused on it having to look exactly this way. And that's, I think, the biggest thing I can say in retrospect as far as advice is that you have to be ad- adaptable and moldable mm. to what is to how the universe is, is laying out your, your road in front of you. Um, because there could, there may, there's probably something way better at the end of that rainbow than you ever envisioned if you just trust the process, you know right. what I mean? And I, but I was resistant. I was resistant for a long time. And I think the universe had to shake it up for me in order for me to get the message. Yeah. Because otherwise I wouldn't have. And, it, and, it got, and, it, and so it was, it was a long time. And it, there was a period of time where I couldn't even set foot in a dance studio because it was too emotionally painful. Mm. Um, like people would be like, Oh, why don't you just dance for fun? Like, or whatever. And I'm like, can't do it. You know? And like, I, it was asked if I would, if I could choreograph cause I had, I had done, you know, quite a bit of choreographing and stuff like that, but I um, was always more focused on my performing career. So I didn't pursue that as much. I would do it if right. I was asked to, and I actually did some great things. I had, I had a show at the Tropicana on the Las Vegas strip when I was 25, which was great that I choreographed, but it was, but it wasn't my main focus. I wanted to be on stage. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I, I guess, you know for me that was again that was what was hard to to heal from when your life was shifting and you were not when you wanted it to you know what I mean? right right yeah it's an identity crisis and yeah. but, but but like you said it's it's utilizing those skills and we forget too as dancers like how how sought after those skill sets are in other professions like to have a performer like we said learning choreography or coming in and having a visual presentational eye that you can be like oh let's change this let's do this and so right. um, you actually, can communicate in that way it is invaluable right mm-hmm. right right well and that's actually when uh our paths crossed bill was yeah. when you were doing some of your um promos and and had uh had your events that you were doing actually Alex full circle here. Um, one of my first go-go gigs, uh, was with bill at revolution, the bar that was oh outside God. at love. Yes. 
I know. So I was like, let's just bring it all home and tie it together. That's amazing. Well, wow. yes, that was when I had I had my my company. I had my LLC from the top productions, and yes. so we we supplied you know strolling performers, models, talent, go go dancers really for cute anything. Name. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Taylor was one of my, one of my dancers. Yeah. That's yeah. So, so yeah, we've been good friends ever since. And it's, yes. it's, it's anywhere, anywhere you go in town and you're like, Oh, Bill Janice. Everyone's like, Oh my gosh, I love him. No, you know, it, it has it. He has such this, this, this reputation, which as anyone that is listening can hear, it's just this infectious energy and this love of life. So, um, Thank you. so, but yes, continuing on that trend of innovation and utilizing our skill sets, we absolutely have to discuss and talk about your phenomenal podcast, which I'm a huge fan of. Thank you. Hey, girl, let's talk about it. Where did she come from? When was she born? How did we get here? Go. Girl, she has had a journey. So let me <laughs> listen. You know, uh, thank you for that. That's that's a very, you're very, very generous with your compliments, and I'm very grateful. And I love your podcast as well. Obviously, I've told you off. I've told you offline as well. Um, so yeah, no, the the show. I, I don't know. I don't know how you guys felt when you were starting yours, but uh, you'll tell me. Um, but for me, you know, it was one of those things. Again, it was an, it was a I was searching for some sort of creative outlet. But, you know, after everything I just told you and after kind of coming out of that internal dark place of like, OK, that identity crisis, dark place. You're like, OK, I'm not a dancer anymore. Like that label has to you know, it's, it has to be past tense now, which is hard for some people. Um, but I knew I was still a performer. Even if the world wasn't going to let me perform, I knew I was still performing somewhere, right? <laughs> and, um, and, you know, but also with that, it came, you know, there was some hesitation. Um, and, and it sounds weird to say it now, but I'll just be vulnerable and honest with you and your audience, is that it, it almost, I was scared to, to start this new project. It's almost like falling in love, like you're afraid to let yourself fall in love because you're afraid it'll hurt so bad if it doesn't work out again. You know what Ooh, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, so there was definitely some hesitation on my part. And I'm the kind of extra type person that I've already worked out everything in my head before I even tell anybody about it. So I've already worked out why it couldn't work or why it could work and this and that and all these. And it's, it's a little, it's a bit much, you know, but it is how my <laughs> mind works. You know what I mean? Um, but it was, yeah, it was ultimately, it was something I wanted to do. I, I, I just, I always felt that, you know, I don't know how spiritual everybody is, but, you know, I don't consider myself religious, but I consider myself connected to a higher power in the universe. And I do think that, you know, for me, that what I've come to acknowledge is that my purpose here in this lifetime is to create and entertain. And whatever that looks like um, is, is something that I've come to kind of release some of the pressure on the reins. Like I'm trusting the universe to guide me and trusting that the opportunities that are laid out in front of me are there for a reason. And this opportunity came up and it, and it was, it just sounded fun. And I was like, all right, well, I hate the sound of my own voice. So I don't know if anybody, I don't know if anybody's going to like it. <laughs> there were, there were a million reasons not to, I guess is the point I'm getting to, getting at. Um, but I, I just couldn't resist. And I just, I remember thinking, and I did it and I did it before the pandemic. Um, obviously the, the, having the, the, the quarantine time definitely benefited me as far as the, 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 the blessing of time, 
that it gave me time to work on it. But I had, I had just started it, which meant I had done all the pre-production work for months before, you know, because this was a new medium. You know, we talked about earlier as dancers, you know, it's different. Yeah, you're performing, but it's different. Um, and I didn't know how to edit music. Anytime I had edited music for teaching or choreographing, I had paid someone to do it or I had a friend do it. And so I and I had never I didn't know what kind of microphones to buy or what to this and to that. And, oh, da, da, you know, like it just so I was you know, I spent a lot of time watching YouTube tutorials, teaching myself like how to do these things. And it's yeah. funny, you, you could probably listen to some of my early episodes and hear, hear where the audio failed, but <laughs> we did our best. You know I, what was, I, mean? I was just about to ask you how many episodes in were you like, okay, here is my um, structure. Because I feel like that's a big thing for Taylor and I, it's like it, in the beginning, it like changes because you're trying to figure out what the groove is. And yeah, what you're trying works. to find so your rhythm. Yeah, the yeah. rhythm is so is so hard to find. So, what was that like for you? Was it a perfect match? Like you felt like you knew exactly what your structure was, or how long did it take you to be like, okay, this is what it is? I love that question. Honestly, I mean, honestly, I I think I'm still f- trying to find my rhythm. Okay, okay good, because that was just <laughs> us asking. Please don't say, please don't say that you figured I, it out. No. <laughs> We were I just eyeing you to be like, uh, so, so this is cool, right? We know what we're doing, right? <laughs> no, you guys, I think you make it up as you go, amazing. sis. <laughs> no, I think you guys are doing great. You're doing You're everything sweet. Right. You kind of say that. Um, Thank you. No, no, no. It's true. So nice. But I think for me, yes, there, I think there were some, again, in retrospect, I can look back and say, oh, th- this episode was great. Cause I, I'll, I'll go through a process where I'll definitely listen. In, in addition to obviously editing, I'll go through a couple more times on my own time listening to the episode and taking notes for myself mm. and taking notes about how I, how I structured a question or, oh, I should, oh, I said, um, too much, or oh, I said, like too much, or, yeah. you know, or like, oh, I could have edited this person's story this way and that would have been better. You know, like, so we're constantly growing. We're never, we're perfectionists as artists. So it's a valuable trait, but don't let it go, let you drive you crazy. So I, I think that there were definitely a couple episodes in the beginning that I, I over edited be- because I was trying too hard. And it got to a point where, <laughs> okay, this is funny. I can tell you this. So there, you know, sometimes when you're listening back, you get so critical of yourselves, you know? And, um, and as I said, I don't like the sound of my own voice, like as a lot of people, um, can probably attest to unless you're a singer um (laughs) like um and you know so there was a a good maybe five to ten episodes in the beginning and mind you those are published episodes because i did i think at least four or five episodes as rehearsal that well no one will ever hear like they're (laughs) they are never published you know (laughs) the archives in the vault vault, (laughs) um and uh I, I remember anyway on these episodes. I remember consciously lowering my voice because I thought I sounded too feminine. Even when I said "Hey, girl," I was like, "Welcome to Hey, girl." Like, yeah. <laughs> and I noticed that once I stopped trying to be something I'm not, the engagement went up. You know, it's like because here's the thing: I even with even with the title, let me tell you about that. It, when I was thinking about doing this again, it was more about having a creative outlet, but it was also like, there were all the reasons not to. I was like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what equipment to buy. And it just, you, you, you get to that point where you make that deal with yourself, the same deal that we made with ourselves when we said we were going to be professional dancers. That you're like, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know that I can't not do this. Mm. Like, I have to try this, you know? So, um, so we do that. And <laughs> it's just uh the hey girl thing was funny too because i even went through all the reasons not to call it hey girl like it just felt natural because that's how i that is how i talk like i'm not <laughs> playing a character 
Like, this is how I talk. Like, you guys know. Offline, like, I call every... And it's a term of endearment. Right. But I went through all the reasons not to. I was like, okay, is it too feminine? Am I giving the LGBTQ plus community a bad stigma? Am I adding to a negative stereotype? What am I doing? Like, there were all the reasons not to. And I don't even remember in this moment. I was brainstorming it with my best... One of my best friends, Peter. Um, and... I don't even remember in this moment what the other contenders were for the title. There was like two or three other ones, but Hey Girl was just it. It had to be Hey Girl. You know what I mean? But it was, yeah, I'm sorry. I went off on a tangent, but yeah. No, it's, it's, it's hard putting yourself out there and really wanting to like send the right message. It's difficult. And I, I do the same thing where I listen back and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe it's going to be interpreted wrong. And am I, am I seeing everything 360 and I, am I seeing the whole picture? But sometimes like you do have to say your opinions and your experience yeah. because that's, that's what, that's moves, your truth. That's your truth. And that's what moves us forward. And we can't all be living in this world where we're all thinking the same things and th- like this think tank of just all the same right. ideas, echo chamber. We want to, that's that doesn't help anybody. Well, well no, and it, that's the, the the diversity of ideas is what moves anybody forward in any situation. And I know that's easier said than done. That sounds great on paper, but yeah, when you're having a difficult conversation, it's inevitable that emotions will get heightened. But if you can have you can have a passionate debate without being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point. And I think that was kind of one of our founding points in our podcast is we were just like, hey, we wanted to, it went from this first idea of like, let's give like pro tips uh, about like our experience to them. And we how to like, audition and things right. like that. Yeah. yeah, all those things like the FAQ of like. Because nobody gave us that, those tools when we were younger. And that's yeah. exactly why we did this is because we were like, yeah, especially in the pandemic, we had this time and I'm like, what can I do to get like, what's my higher purpose? How can I give back to my community? But then I, that shifted from like, okay, well, I, I, I consider myself, you know, successful in the field, but I'm still, it's not me lecturing. We wanted it to be a conversation. We wanted yeah. to discuss all these different ideas and make it like Alex said, just a think tank. Um, and it's continued to evolve. And it's, it's funny you, you mentioned about the audio because like literally our very first episode, which is our most <laughs> downloaded, it's like 400 yeah. downloads because everyone's like, I'll take it from the top. Yeah, um, I'm like, right, I'm right, like, right. I'm like, you, it from the top. I'm like, like don't, uh, listen, don't, don't listen, don't listen. Like you want to like tell them, you're like, no, it gets so much better. Just hang on with yeah. it. Stay, play, it yeah. gets so much better. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because I'm the same way. It's like, if I, there's two types of podcast listeners. It's either, oh, I'll just, I'll scroll through and see whose names got my attention or like, right. I have to hear every detail of every story. And unfortunately, the details of those stories sound like this because we didn't know what the hell we were doing. But luckily, (laughs) over time, and by finding um, with our partnership with um, our amazing team over at Inside yes, Dance. You know, Inside they've Dance, been, yes. They've, and our yeah, good friend Chris so Paraki. We yes, love come on, Chris. Yeah, you're right to do a couple of rehearsals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, couple, a couple of rehearsals. I was like, looking at Taylor, I'm like, We've, we've never been know. on stage, we've never been. put on point shoes, <laughs> and they were like, you're doing Swan Lake right now. Right, we're like, right, okay. Right. We like, we like, our, first, our first meeting that we recorded, we were like, cool, that's the first episode. And we were like, let's publish it right now. We don't need to edit anything. It's fine. <laughs> But you know, there's actually a lot of value in what you did too. There really is, you know. And, and that's why, like, initially, you know, perfectionist dancer. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like our old headshots from when you're like 2003. Yeah, yeah. How you look back at them and you're like, what, what was, was I, I thinking? thinking? Yeah. But instead of like being embarrassed of it, I'm like, you know Embrace what? It. I'm proud of it. This was a only seven months ago, and right. you know, it's like so having pride and and showing your authenticity of where you came from in a in a proud manner and knowing that you know it's 
people relate to that. And that's why as a dancer, as a human, people don't want perfect as a competition judge. I don't want to see perfect all day long. It's so boring. You know, it's, yeah. it's pretty, but it's boring. And it's right. so I feel like, um, as, as a listener, as a producer, um, I, I enjoy the journey. I enjoy the process. And I love hearing your similar experiences um, yeah. in that we're all mostly just still enjoying still, this and entertaining as we go. Figuring <laughs> it out, girl. Yeah. No, and it's true. It is so true. And I, I, I've noticed too, even with myself, now that I'm, you know, towards the end of my second season, um, I have, you know, I have whatever amount of experience that adds up to under my belt, you know. And, um, and I've just, even in the last couple months, it's taken me that long to, to even be uh, okay with showing the bloopers and showing like, which are funny. Like I've actually started. People love posting, the bloopers. They love them. And I'm like, I've started posting things of making fun of myself where like I mispronounced the same word three times. And, like I didn't publish it, <laughs> but I didn't publish it on the episode, but I put it on like Instagram as like a funny blooper. You know what I mean? Like, and people love it. People want it. That's the thing. We want to connect with each other. And we know, we know as artists better than anybody that people aren't buying bullshit. They're going to buy yeah. truth. You know what I mean? <laughs> humility. Everyone wants to have humility. And I think it's really good. I feel like Taylor and I are both really, really good at uh, making fun of ourselves. Oh, I was about to say, <laughs> like, what is she going to say with this yeah, sentence? Like, I, I was like, I hope she means like idiots or stupid. Yeah, or yeah. And I, I feel like it's, it's very similar with you. And it's such a lovely quality to have. And it makes your achievements even that much more exciting because yeah. you're like, look at me when I'm on my game, right. but also <laughs> look at me when I'm like, you can laugh at me because I laugh just as hard at myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I don't, I don't get embarrassed like by things like that. Like I like a little bit, but it's like, you know yeah. what? That's how I was able to figure out how to do it. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, right. You got to well, show both sides. I love that you guys did, you know, decided to do your podcast surrounding performers specifically. And I love that. And I, I thought about that for a while too. And the reason I decided, the reason I personally decided not to only was because I, at that point personally had worked in a couple other industries that I thought would be some valuable conversations as well. So I tried yeah. to make it a little bit more diverse, mm -hmm. um, which also makes it harder because you're trying yeah. to connect with, you're trying to connect so with much. a lot of different people. Yeah. And I've, I've run into that too. Now when I start, when I sit down and I, I go through, I don't know if you guys, what you guys do, but like, I, I mean, maybe because you have you guys have each other to kind of bounce ideas off. So sometimes it's just me and my other personality bouncing ideas. Off. <laughs> <laughs> but every I usually do at least once every other month. I do like a focus group where I invite like three or four different people, um, not necessarily close friends, but people who have maybe heard the show and have mentioned it to come. And, we, and I feed them lunch and cocktails and we sit and we talk about what worked. What did you like? What you didn't like? And I'm just trying because I'm trying to reach. I know how to reach the people I've already reached, but now I'm right. trying to reach beyond right. them. You know what I mean? Um, and so for me, yes, as a performer, there is some things that come natural in this medium, but there are so many other things that I'm trying to, to learn as a host because the conversation, having a conversation for me with another performer feels organic, but when I'm having a conversation with maybe like an executive chef or a psychic or, uh, or even like, uh, um, well, I don't... I don't know if I'm allowed to, you guys have a young, you have a, you have a young listening We'll, we'll leave so it up to the imagination. We've okay. had the full spectrum here on Hey yeah. Girl, available on all streaming platforms. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, when I talk to some of the other professions, um, love it. it's, it's a learning experience for me too. And I, I love what you guys said and I love, and you guys execute it very well. I have to give you that compliment. I love, I do, Thank really you. do listen to your show. Thank you so much. Um, I love that it's a conversation. It's not a, it's not a question and answer type thing. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we appreciate that too. And it's, um, it, it's, it's been a big, even discussion point before, like I, I, 
getting you on the show, just being able to like uh, spitball ideas with you. And so even more valuable, I feel like if there's anyone out here trying to start a podcast, just know you have the support of Hey Girl and Inside yes. Here's there the thing, I honestly will, honestly, you guys, and I'm always down. If you guys ever want to like hang out and just have a cocktail and brainstorm together, because let's do it. I, I've never been the type of person I, that um, is secretive about whatever works. You know, like I've never understood that when there's cer- certain people that won't share their secret to their success so to speak mm-hmm. you know i if you want to know come ask me i'll tell you i'll tell you what i did i'll tell you what i did that didn't work i'll tell you what i did yeah. that didn't work <laughs> well alex next time you're in town bill's coming at us live from his uh house yeah. which is literally uh, two blocks away like oh, i could amazing. walk yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah we'll have to do a little kiki so the hey girl penthouse yeah. yeah. pen yeah. yeah. the penthouse honey but you know i'm excited we've got and we've got a lot of ne- like new things coming up for the show for anybody who's interested in checking it out well, Bill, let's catch up our listeners. Um, I know Hey Girl is available on all streaming podcast platforms, um, and I definitely want them to tune in. But when they do, what are they going to get a taste of? What are they going to get a sample of? Yeah, absolutely. So new episodes every Friday. Um, and it really it really is a diverse uh, uh, group of um, a cast, I guess, if you, yeah. say, you know, people. Um but, you know, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, the thing of it is it's interview format. And so it's it's going to be a conversation. It's going to be funny. It's going to be, hopefully, there's definitely times where maybe it'll take you on a more of an emotional ride. Uh, it It's a journey. No, <laughs> no here's the thing. Honestly, it, it it is just a lot of fun. I mean, and for me, the purpose of starting it not was not only a creative outlet for myself, but was also to give an opportunity and a platform for other brilliant professionals and artists. I wanted to it to be open to anybody that had an inspirational story to tell. And so we usually go through what, what I, what I, the people I have on are people that I respect in whatever industry they work in and people that have, that I think have uh, an inspirational and and interesting story. And we always, we always end up getting into it, which I love. Like I usually feed them cocktails. So they get a little (laughs) loose halfway through. And, and then I, and then I somehow I'm able to get them to tell me like why, like their most heartbreaking story when they were three, I don't know. But like, So we laugh and we cry and then we laugh again and we're good. But (laughs) it's really beautiful though, because I think a lot of people who are going through tough situations, you feel very alone, no matter what your friend group is. It can be so polarizing. It can be polarizing. Mm -hmm. And so to, as someone who listens to so many different, different podcasts, like it really makes you not feel alone when you hear someone who might have like a relatable story to yours. So that's a beautiful, like I know people will absolutely love it. That's incredible. Thank you. And we have a lot of other initiatives coming that we also do in, in addition to the actual audio podcast that I want to just tell your listeners about. Please. Um, but you can go to the website. It's heygirlpodcast.com. Girl is spelled with a U. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is, and it is, as Taylor said, it's available on all streaming platforms, but we're also on YouTube this season. Yes. I had gotten a lot of feedback last time that people were interested in seeing a video. And again, another new medium for me. I'm like, oh God, okay. I was like, I got to learn how to, I got to learn how to do like some really yeah. good videos. Uh, I haven't mastered that yet, but we do have video. Like it's, it is really yes. just this. It's like the, the split screen of us talking, but it, it's there. It's there. People want it to at least put the visual with the audio, you know? Yeah. Um, but I also have a seasonal cocktail program, which has been great. I've, I, that was one of the things like we mentioned earlier. You have to be smart enough to incorporate all of your experiences into monetized opportunities for yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me, I because I had maybe bartended or served out of default as a performer, I was still able to pull from the relationships I had in that way and say, hey, wouldn't wouldn't absolute vodka love to have a hey girl cocktail or something? You know what I mean? And like so all these smart. So, so smart. 
So we have a seasonal cocktail program and we have right now, I think we have three cocktails up there on the website that are Hey Girl inspired and they were, they were created by um, leading mixologists in the industry. And um, the, so there's some YouTube tutorials on how to make them. And then I also have Hey Girl cocktail glasses that you can purchase. Um, and I'm working on a new partnership right now that I, oh, I can't, I, I, I want to, but I can't tell you because it's not being finalized until tomorrow when I sign the contract. But <laughs> yeah. um, there is, but there is a new partnership with Hey Girl coming up that is, amazing and i'm very very grateful and humbled by it um and i can't wait to, for people to hear about that but then we also have musical playlists as well every month i i ta- talk to a different friend that i think has a great taste in music and they create a playlist for the month so even if you're not into podcasts check out the website because there's gonna be yeah, something there for so you much. yeah i know alex and i are sitting over here like taking notes we're like yeah that's a great yeah uh-huh that okay <laughs> honestly yeah the, the play- playlist thing is is a really good idea that's fire that's well fire. i was trying to think of an idea of like people there are some people who just aren't into talk radio or just aren't into podcasts mm-hmm. so i was trying to i was trying to bait them yeah. and, lure, <laughs> and lure them in with music hansel you know, and gretel come here child i love that well and you're on uh social media as well on instagram at hey girl girl with you dot podcast yeah so um be sure our listeners be sure to go over give him some love give him a follow um, and cause definitely like, like you just heard, there is no shortage of, of Hey girl content out there. So dive in, <laughs> dive in, get it all, get your cocktail list, get your, get your glasses. Um, yeah. And get, get your butt following them on uh, social media. Oh, you're so. sweet. Thank you. <laughs> we cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do this. This is yeah. so much fun. Your energy is the best. Yeah, oh, Bill, it was funny. You were just saying how like, oh, you like get into it and you know, you really have these emotional experiences. I'm so, every time we do a, an episode, Alex and I like hang up and we text each other. We're like, that was so great. I feel so, so energized. Yeah. I'm ready for the day. And so like, Bill, thank you so, so much again for your time, your energy, your spirit. It's so good to see your face, to have you on. And I know our listeners are going to absolutely love tuning into Hey Girl podcast as well. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. We adore you um, and couldn't, couldn't have spent our afternoon in any better fashion (laughs) i love it thank you guys no the pleasure was mine honestly thank you i love it i love what you guys are doing so awesome well stay well and hopefully we will all have a hey girl cocktail here um sooner rather than later yes girl (laughs) thanks bill all right boo 